0: College kids, welcome back to my podcast, Who Cares About College? In today's episode, I'll be interviewing Tyler. So if you could introduce yourself.
1: Hello, thank you for having me. Uh so yeah, I'm Tyler Rocket. I'm from uh, Swampscott, Massachusetts. Uh, I'll be attending Carnegie Mellon University uh in the fall of 2022. Um I oh yeah, I forgot what was I supposed to say again?
0: Demographics, like you know, gender and race upon application.
1: Yep. So regarding my demographics, uh, I'm a white, uh, man, I use he, him pronouns. Um, both my parents are immigrants. They grew up in South Africa. My dad was born in England and my mom was born in Zimbabwe. Um, so I grew up in the United States. Uh, so I'll be going into Carnegie Mellon, uh, as a business major in Tepper, uh, with a concentration, hopefully in finance. And I'm thinking of picking up a second major or minor in something like computational finance or Uh, computer science or something like that Uh, so yeah I'm pretty excited
0: all right so first let's get an idea of I guess the expectations for college with you and like what education looks like in your family so can you tell me about number one did your parents like go to college did you have any siblings that went to college and did they you know Carnegie Mellon is one of the top universities did they expect you to apply to top universities and get into these top universities
1: Yeah, definitely. So uh, I have one younger brother who's a sophomore. uh, So I was the first uh, to go to college. Both my parents, uh, they were both college educated in South Africa. But um, coming to the United States, they really didn't know anything about the system. They just kind of uh, had the notion, you know, you go to like a top, top school or you basically might as well not go to college. So there was always like a lot of pressure to go to a really good school in my household. So it definitely got more stressful as it went on. But um yeah, so there was definitely a lot of uh pressure from them to to succeed and do well, which it wasn't necessarily in a bad way. It was just kind of, you know, they really wanted me to succeed and really really wanted me to uh um go to a good college. So uh and I uh, and I was lucky enough to have the opportunity. I guess I didn't mention my socioeconomic status earlier, but uh I didn't really apply for financial aid. So luckily I'm able to have parents that can afford to send me to college.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um so, um, uh, I'm lucky, lucky enough to have had, uh, the opportunities to kind of set me up for that. I just had to do the work.
0: So if you don't have any like older siblings and then also your parents didn't know much about the system, was there anyone in like, in particular that guided you throughout high school and like what you should be including or what you should be trying to strive for with a college application? Or did you kind of just Google the answers and find your way around that?
1: Yeah, definitely. A lot of it was the internet for sure. Um, I also, you know, my three best friends, one of them is going to Tufts and the other one, uh, he got deferred from Stanford, but that's his top choice. And my my other friend, he's the valedictorian of my school and he's going to Duke. So it's like, I kind of, you know, I've always had friends that they also, you know, kind of push me to succeed. And I would just kind of ask them, you know, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? And uh, I have a counselor in my school who helped me out a lot, but yeah, most of it was definitely the internet. Uh, usually like I use a lot of forums like Reddit and Discord to get information and uh, like Z me. Um So, yeah, it was kind of it was kind of nerve wracking at first because, you know, there's so much to learn. And it was kind of I had nowhere really to, to go to besides uh, or within my family. I had no one to ask, really. Uh, but, yeah, it was mostly the Internet and my friends.
0: And then also before we get into your actual college app, you know, the grades and extracurriculars, one last thing, what kind of school did you go to? Was it public, private, magnet, whatever?
1: Yeah, uh, I was lucky enough to go to a private school, uh, like 20 minutes away from uh, from my town. So I go to St. John's Prep in Danvers. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a really good school. So that gave me a lot of opportunities, especially with like the counselors and the rigorous coursework and everything.
0: Okay, and... Now that you you go to a private school, we have to talk about what is like the structure with private schools. When you come in, do they already have like a, I guess, schedule for the next four years? Do you like how often do you meet up with counselors? So like how how does it differ from a traditional public school where you, you know, occasionally meet up with your counselor and you have a lot of like free reign over your courses and stuff?
1: Yeah, well, um, I guess with private school uh, for me it was kind of, uh, I go to an all boys school uh, by the way. Um, so it was kind of, you know, we had basically set courses and we could only really pick a couple of electives our senior year, uh, and you could pick one your junior year. So it's kind of, you know, there's, we have four levels at our school. We have CP accelerated honors and then advanced placement, uh, which is yeah, the standard one that everybody has. But, um, yeah, you can pick your levels basically, and not really classes. It's kind of you're set on on a path when you enter the school after taking the placement exams and everything, and you're kind of stuck on that path uh, the next four years. But uh, you do meet with your counselor a couple times a year. It's mostly like on a request basis because it's it's a relatively big school. There's like 300 kids a grade, uh, so and there's like six counselors, so there are a lot of kids. So you don't meet that much, but there's definitely like check ins and you can definitely, you know, arrange meetings whenever you want. So it's definitely really beneficial.
0: And the overall environment with your school, is it one of those schools that like typically sends a lot of kids to top schools? Or was it more like you had those who were not that like hard and like academic achieving, and then some were that were like in the middle. And then some, I guess, like you and your friends who were like, really academically rigorous, like, was it very competitive everywhere? Or was it more balanced out?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely say it's pretty balanced, I guess, because, you know, they have so many different levels of courses. You kind of are only really exposed to that certain group of people for Mm -hmm. the next four years. Uh, there's not really that much mixing, so there's definitely like cohorts. Uh, I think, you know, uh, people kind of expect when they go in that everybody's going to like a top school, but, uh, I definitely say it's, uh, it's pretty spread out. It's yeah.
0: All right. So let's get into the core, I guess the courses you took and then eventually your grades, so based on wherever you did, wherever you landed with your placement exam, by the end of high school, how many APs and how many? I don't, I don't think we have to go to like accelerated, but at least how many APs and how many honors did you end up with?
1: Um, yeah, well, for APs, I will finish with t- after taking ten AP classes mm-hmm. uh, by the time I graduate. And honors, uh, I don't know the number. It was just I took everything else at the honors level. Um, yeah, I kind of just took as many as I could, basically. So I'm not really sure. I guess it's six classes a year. So I don't know, somewhere around like 18 honors classes, I guess.
0: All right. So in the end, let's talk about your GPA before we talk about like your SAT and ACT. So first, can you give the scale for your school? What what was like, I guess the highest GPA, you could have 5.0, 5.5. So can you give the scale for that? And also what was your unweighted and then weighted GPA when you applied to colleges?
1: Yeah. So my school, um, our weighting system, the maximum GPA you can get is a 4.75. It's theoretically on the 5.0 scale, but everybody's required to take two religion classes, which are default at the CP level. Like you can't take higher than that. Mm -hmm. So it makes the maximum GPA like a 4.75. So my weighted GPA On that scale, was a four point four one was my weighted GPA. Um, My unweighted school didn't give it to us, so I didn't submit it to colleges or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, you know, sent my transcript and my weighted GPA. Mm -hmm.
0: But you're basically almost straight A's with maybe a couple B's in it.
1: Yeah, I had I had one, I had two B pluses my freshman year, and the rest were A minus and above.
0: All right. Okay. So now let's go on to SAT, ACT. And this is like, you have to tell me the entire, you have to tell us the entire journey. So when did you even start thinking about SAT, ACT prep? What did you actually do to prepare, whether that's tutoring, taking classes? If you're, I don't know how private schools do it, but even like some public schools offer like courses for students to take. So if you took any of those and then obviously your attempts, how many attempts you had, and then what was your super score in the end?
1: Yeah. So I guess for reference, I ended up going test optional to Carnegie Mellon, if that's Mm -hmm. important. Um, So I started thinking about it like the end of my junior year. I guess I was a little later than some people, but like during the summer of my junior year, um, I just took it once without studying and I got like a 1360, I think. Mm -hmm. And then um, I I did like a a class outside of school and I brought it up to a 1440, which uh, it was a 730 English and a 710 math was that score. So that was just, you know, the super scored one that I had. So I sent that to basically all my safeties and some of my target schools and just uh, went test optional in my reach schools like Carnegie Mellon.
0: All right. All right. That works. Do you think that like when you were doing it, cause being test optional, like doesn't hurt you. Like obviously if they don't see a score, they can't do anything, but like obviously seeing a score, a good score can help them. Did you have that worry? Like, Oh, maybe I should like maybe I should have prepared earlier. Like, do you have that advice for people to like, maybe take it a couple of times leading up to college apps?
1: Yeah, definitely. That part of my application was one that, it, you know, I had a lot of regrets with the standardized testing is definitely, I would say it, it definitely made me really, really nervous. I was kind of surprised because you can look at, uh, for 2020 last year, I think like 76% of the class at Carnegie Mellon was like, they submitted test scores. So I mean, other schools are like 50-50. So some schools, it really doesn't matter. But I guess like, you know, being those the really top schools, I know like UPenn as well, um, mm-hmm. they also had like around 75% submitted scores. So I would definitely recommend uh, taking it multiple times, like spaced out. And then I would highly, highly recommend the classes because they actually make so much of a difference in just doing practice tests over and over and over because the problems are really, really similar, especially the reading passages. Um, yeah, so I guess definitely I would, I would definitely recommend putting a lot of effort into the standardized testing because it it makes a massive difference in your application, especially with so many kids going test optional.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So let's go on to the more exciting stuff. And I got like the GPA, SAT honors, AP class out of the way. So let's go on to extracurriculars. Same with, as I said, when you were coming into high school with your classes, when you came into private school, was there like a Meeting with your guidance counselor, and they were like, "All right tyler do you, do you have any particular interest? Do you want to like narrow down on something and focus your extracurriculars on that, or were you more like free flowing discovering clubs
1: uh yeah, I mean there wasn't really any help. it was kind of just you can figure out what you want to do and show up to club meetings or try out for sports if you want So I went into the to um, my high school uh playing soccer I played soccer and I played Ultimate Frisbee in the spring, which I continued for four years, uh, which was really fun. But uh, mainly my extracurriculars came from something uh, at my school. It's a Catholic school. So there's like a lot of emphasis on community service. So I kind of started doing a ton of community service events and being really, really involved with that and uh, campus you know, leadership and, and leading like alumni events and things like that. So that was kind of uh, something that uh, I really took advantage of. Then, especially in sophomore year, I was just trying a bunch of things, freshman and sophomore year. I kind of went to basically a different club meeting every day. I've basically been to every club in my school to kind of find like, you know, what I really enjoy and want to continue for the next couple of years. Uh, so yeah, I guess it was just a mix of trying everything and then really focusing on the stuff I really liked, like Frisbee and community service. Uh, yeah. So that's, and out of school too. I, uh, I, I really like finance. So I started investing I like my own small fund my sophomore year and kind of grew that the next three years. So I would say definitely um, it was important for me to just try out a bunch of different things and then really focus on a couple couple passions.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, so I want to break down each extracurricular because I think these are the ones that, I mean, it makes your application you. Most people applying to Carnegie Mellon will have like almost perfect GPAs, or really good scores and stuff. So, number one, you talked about um, sports, so soccer and frisbee, and specifically soccer. You said you came into high school playing soccer. So, were you in like a league outside of your own school?
1: Yeah, I mean, I played for like ten years before coming to high school, uh, and I played the first two years of high school, and then uh, ended up playing golf my junior year, and played frisbee all four years. Uh, So, yeah, the sports wasn't too big of a part of of my application. Um, Yeah, I definitely focused more on community service and uh, Frisbee and, you know, my other passions.
0: And I mean, I know it wasn't a big part, but like in terms of college app part, like soccer, you've been playing for 10 years. That's like, that's going to sound huge. And obviously it's a big time commitment. So when you were um, like applying and writing it down on the application, did you, I don't know, write down like, oh, we went to like states or we went to regionals and stuff like that. Where, did you guys have any accomplishments that you wrote down like that?
1: Yeah, definitely for the sports, uh, definitely include a lot of, you know, a description of like it's interstate uh, tournaments, things like that is important to highlight. And then any leadership I had within it. Uh, so like uh, I'm the captain of the Frisbee team this year. So uh, for for Frisbee, I would put that, you know, it's just kind of highlighting uh, that it's, you know, it's kind of interstate, uh, definitely like highlight, the the uniqueness of, of whatever sport you're doing and the commitment level. Like you said, you know, it's a long time, uh, playing club sports. So definitely show that you're putting in like a lot of effort into something outside of school, excuse me, is important.
0: All right. Let's go on to community service now. Cause you said you put much more emphasis on that, so can you tell me about the different community service that you did either within or um, within school or out of school? And then like, you know, specific organizations, what did you, what organizations were you part of? Eventually, what role did you lead up to and what did you actually do in those organizations? Like what kind of impact did you have?
1: Uh, yeah. So I guess I started community service uh, at my school. They had like community service offerings. You would just go for an hour uh, to volunteer at a, um, a, a residence home um after school and that's kind of what started it i started just going every week and then i kind of moved to uh, out of school i started participating in an organization called uh, north shore rovers it's where um uh, kids are paired with or volunteers are paired with a child with a mental or physical disability and you teach them how to play soccer and you meet every sunday morning for a couple hours uh, for the course of over the course of the fall and um, I had leadership in, in that organization. I was a volunteer mentor and a volunteer ambassador. So I was kind of responsible for, you know, being someone that other volunteers could look to for help and um, was responsible for getting new volunteers into the organization. Mm-hmm. And within my school, uh, I also I, I got an award for um, community service my sophomore year, which is uh, at the end of the year. Um, And I was also nominated uh, to uh, the XPSS team in my school, which is, um, it stands for Zavarian Brothers Sponsored Schools. And there's a bunch of them across uh, the United States. And um, at each school, eight kids are nominated by faculty members, uh, recognized as leaders within the community. And um, we go to uh, an overnight retreat in Connecticut with the kids from all the Zavarian Brothers schools uh, across the country. And after that, each team goes back to their respective school and kind of completes a service project. So it kind of started with just doing small community service stuff and kind of grew into like, you know, the leadership roles and kind of just happened naturally. Mm -hmm.
0: And then with your service project, can you elaborate more on that? What did you um, focus on and what did you um, like? What was like the end product or end goal with that service project?
1: Yeah, so uh, we decided that, uh, well, we noticed that in our school, uh, specifically for us, we didn't really get, like for all of us, we didn't really get involved with uh, community service until like our sophomore or junior year. Uh, So we thought it would be a good idea to help get the freshmen involved and get the freshmen more connected with the upperclassmen. Uh, So we're creating like a buddy system where uh, there'll be, you know, one of the upperclassmen, one of the seniors will be paired up with like four or five freshmen in a group and they'll kind of meet periodically, you know, every month or so throughout the school year and just kind of do fun activities and kind of get to know each other. And they can ask the senior for advice and everything and just kind of help bridge that gap and create better connections within the community, especially then encouraging things like participating in campus events and community service and things like that.
0: And one thing with this, like with community service within school and with um, out of school, when you obviously community service like i have been to enough college tours and like listened to enough um just like a bunch of information that community service is like a core to many especially like top schools i really value that so when you're going into high school what advice would you give in finding different organizations to be part of like who do you ask when you want to join community service and like is there a proper amount that you should do and how do you find the kind of community service that works for you
1: ah uh, well i mean i would kind of I guess the advice I would give is kind of try a bunch of different things. There's so many different places you can volunteer. And if, even if it's not like, you know, uh, places don't advertise is like, you can come here and serve, do hours, most places, uh, you can really just send an email, give a phone call, just say, you know, you're a student looking to volunteer. Uh, and most places will be really, really accommodating for that. Um, I guess it's just about you know, you you can ask other people around you who, you know, you are doing it or upperclassmen. Uh, but yeah, like you said, it's it's definitely noticed by college admissions and most people have, have a lot of hours. Uh, but I would focus less on the hours and more about, you know, finding areas of community service where like you can focus on and continue, you know, going on a recurring basis instead of just, you know, some people just go on a mission trip and then get like, you know, their 60 hours and then that's it for community service. But I would definitely emphasize going on like a weekly or biweekly basis or going and trying different things and specifically within your own community, it's really nice to help within your own community and show that you know you're giving back to uh, you know your own town
0: mm-hmm. all right. And one more thing before we get into you mentioned investing, which like I've never heard from a. <laughs> any interview I've done and I've done a bunch of these. So before we get into that, are there any like other major school, I guess, oriented or maybe outside of school things that you want to talk about before we get into that?
1: Uh no, nothing in particular, I don't think.
0: All right. Let's okay. What is this investing? I, I need to know for personal reasons too. Like where did you even like start? How, where does this interest even come from in order to like start investing? And how do you even do that as a high schooler?
1: yeah so i guess uh my dad uh worked at fidelity for a living so i was kind of new got from him like the investing background and uh there's is an investing club in my school so it's kind of you know i hear a little bit about it um but when you turn 16 you can get uh something called a custodial account where it's technically under your parents name and um it's like when you turn 18 it's automatically put in your own name so uh it's just You know, you you can invest in the stock market and trade bonds and stocks. Um, And I kind of always, you know, from my dad, I kind of always thought it would be something I'd really enjoy from a little kid. I decided when I was like five, I wanted to work in finance just because he did. And uh, while that kind of changed when I got uh, into high school, I kind of started following the stock market, you know, beginning of my sophomore year. And when I finally turned 16 in, in May of my sophomore year for my birthday, my dad opened it up for me. And I put some money in some of my savings and I started investing. And I remember my first trade, I lost like half of the money I put in. And I was like, yeah, I was like, this is a lot harder than I thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, eventually I ended up doing really well. I made like 70% uh, total return um, by the time I applied. So that was nice to put on the application is, you know, you can show that uh, I could show that I kind of learned and and developed the skill and put the effort in. but. Yeah, I guess it was just a. Uh, it's really easy to start. I know a lot of kids. A lot of kids do it um, from from my school at least. A lot of kids kind of got into it. They're like sophomore, and junior year, especially because that was when um, the you know, GameStop thing was happening and the Wall Street bets and everybody. The market was going crazy and everybody was making so much money. So everybody was like, "Oh shoot, I, I got to buy stocks." But yeah, it was it was it was really fun. Uh, it's something that I just kind of got into from my dad, but kind of grew personally. Kind of grew to love personally and wanted to pers- wanted to pursue in college. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, and um, in terms of the college application, because I mean that's what you're here for. What did you put on the college application? Like wh- because you have a very limited amount of space. For investing, because it's not like every kid does that. It's not like a very typical extracurricular that you hear of. I, I mean, at least I've never heard of. So in terms of the college app, what did you exactly put on there? What did you emphasize on the college app?
1: Uh, yeah, well, I just said it was a private investment firm and I was the fund manager of the firm. Uh, and I, I listed the return, which was uh, the exact number I put was 68% return as of you know May 2020, which is when I opened it and i just said you know i'm responsible for conducting uh, market research and analysis mm-hmm. and uh, you know trade stocks and bonds that was kind of what i put in the activity section cuz you know like you said you don't really have that many characters uh so it was just kind of a brief description of like you know what what i do basically conduct market research and analysis was the highlight and then the return number
0: mm-hmm. all right so If Unless there are other like bigger, I mean, obviously, you probably have like a club here or there that you did for a year. But unless there are other bigger extracurriculars that you want to talk about, we can get into your making your college list and writing your essays. So when did you start? and this can be really anything that's, you know, doing a Google search and learning about different colleges, going on college visits. When did you start actually thinking about what colleges you were going to apply to? And how did you start making your list? What what were the different things that you were looking for in a school?
1: Yeah, so I guess I could kind of say that I started thinking about it my sophomore year, which is really early. I, I definitely don't think it's necessary to think about it that early. But uh, I kind of started then. Uh, but only really dove into it like towards the end of my junior year was when I really started developing a list. And uh, I don't recommend doing this, but the kind of way I set up my list initially was just looked up like you know best undergraduate finance schools, best undergraduate business schools, and then just took those, took like the top ten, mm-hmm. and then kind of you know that's that's how I first started my list. And obviously, it developed way beyond that because I ended up applying to to eighteen schools. So yeah, I definitely had a lot. Cause I kind of, you know, I, my, my parents really wanted me to go somewhere like Ivy league or close to the Ivy league. Um, so yeah, I guess I started around my junior year and kind of started, started developing my list then.
0: All right. And what were the different, okay. Besides the top 10 finance schools, what were (laughs) the other factors that you looked for? And this can like be anything like very particular or like broad, were you looking for like, I don't know, Was like a city suburb, rural setting, important, population? Was that important? You know, stuff like that. What were you looking for? with the different factors?
1: Yeah, I definitely kind of had a mix of everything, but I definitely really had an emphasis on being close to a city. I really wanted a campus that had like a closed campus feel, but it was also right next to a city. Mm-hmm. You know, I looked at schools, like I went to tour, for example, Northeastern and I, you know, I like how it's in a city, but I didn't really like how it was, you know, kind of basically was the city. Like there's no central campus feel oh Uh, my
0: god is it really like in the city
1: yeah it's like that's my dream
0: school okay that sounds great for me all right yeah keep going
1: (laughs) yeah it's like in the city in the city and it's really nice like i love it it's an amazing part of boston uh but uh i preferred like boston college for example because it was like close to the city but had that Mm -hmm. closed kind of feel um so i definitely was looking for a for a school that was close to a city especially for like business and finance that's kind of important to me i want to be by by a city uh, so I'm glad to be close to Pittsburgh with Carnegie Mellon, obviously. But I also, uh, I also kind of cared about things like frats. I kind of, you know, want the option to maybe join a fraternity in in college. Uh, that was wasn't too important to me, but that was something I cared about. And I guess class size, I definitely preferred a little bit on the larger side. Um, like around ten thousand, seven 000 to ten thousand students was kind of my ideal number. I didn't want it to be too small, and I didn't want it to be like too massive either. So kind of like a medium class size. But other than that, it wasn't really uh, there wasn't really that much other than obviously academics. That was important to me.
0: All right. Now, of the 18 schools that you can remember, can you list out the ones that you applied to? Like, I guess we can start with your safeties, go to targets and then go to your um, reach schools, like, I guess, in that order.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess I should have brought a list of this, but. Um, Yeah, for my safeties, I applied to Fordham, uh, University of Miami, uh, University of Pittsburgh. Um, That was kind of it for my safeties, Mm -hmm. basically. And then for my targets, I had Villanova, um, Babson, um, and then I had basically a bunch of reaches. I had, you know, Northeastern, uh, I applied there. I had UNC, UT Austin, University of Michigan um, University of Pennsylvania, Cornell, Notre Dame, um, Carnegie Mellon. Um, what else did I have? Vanderbilt, uh, Emory. Oh, I guess another match I had was Lehigh. Um, I mm-hmm. forgot to mention that one. Uh, yeah, I think I'm probably leaving out a couple, but that was kind of the main ones I was focusing on.
0: Yeah. So, you also said you applied ed2 to carnegie Mellon. so can you explain how that ed2 worked and how you were able to apply to other schools with that
1: yeah so uh, i initially did early decision one to the university of pennsylvania but i was uh, rejected so i did early action to a bunch of other schools uh, that none of them were restrictive or anything and then i did ed2 to carnegie Mellon. obviously it was my top choice so uh it was it was really nice because you hear back like within the month. It was by January 3rd. And I heard back on the 29th, which is so nice to hear back quick. Um, so it didn't really restrict me from anything. It was kind of just it's, you know, it's binding. So once you're admitted, you have to withdraw every application mm-hmm. and, or deny acceptance at any other schools uh that you may have been admitted to. Uh but I didn't, I I wasn't restricted from applying anywhere else, ED2. Uh so so yeah, it was definitely no-brainer for me.
0: All right. And we have to hear, what was your reaction when you got into Carnegie Mellon? Cause that's no easy feat.
1: Yeah, it was, I was super excited. Cause I was honestly really not expecting it. I actually, um, we had like a big blizzard the night before and a school dance. So I was sleeping over at my friend's house with a couple of my buddies and I woke up in the morning. Uh, I kept on like waking up every hour, starting at like 5.00 AM and then checking my phone to see if it was mm-hmm. uh, 9.00 AM yet. Cause that's when they said they were going to release decisions. Uh, so I checked. And I was kind of like taken aback. I was like, like well, I couldn't even believe it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I just like ran into the room where my friends were sleeping and told them. And then like his mom came and she was like, like what's the, what's the problem? Like, what's going on? Is everyone okay? And I told her I got in and she was super hyped. So yeah, it was really awesome to be around my friends. And then right after that, I obviously called my parents and everything, not to tell them. But I was super over the moon about it because it's, you know, I was not expecting it. and And I'm super excited about it.
0: And this is pretty recently so you're still very very hyped up if they came out of like the 29th or something
1: yeah definitely it definitely has not gone away it's only gotten better i'm super mm-hmm. excited about it i just i keep looking it up and things like that mm-hmm. and you know following all the accounts and everything
0: mm-hmm. uh, all so, yeah. right so we obviously very excited about carnegie Mellon. And you said it was one of your top choices can you tell us a little bit about carnegie Mellon, like you know you know, campus size, where it's near, um, what it has to offer. And then obviously what are the, it's, it's the top school. So it's obviously pretty good at many things, but what are some of the programs that they're really well known for? Do they have any special programs that you're really excited to be a part of when you go to Carnegie Mellon in the fall?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, uh, the class size undergraduates is around like 7,000, um, it's right by Pittsburgh. It's right next to the University of Pittsburgh, actually. So it's like right by the city, but it's kind of got that closed campus. And then it has a park on the other side of it, uh, which is really nice. And then like golf course. I love to play golf. So that was awesome too. Um, but yeah, uh, the campus, people say that the campus isn't really, you know, people give it like, like say it's kind of ugly, but I personally really like the campus. I think it's nice. It's grown a lot re- uh, recently. It like, keeps expanding to keep building Uh, new areas on campus uh so what it's known for i guess it's obviously really known for its computer science and engineering programs Mm -hmm. especially computer science um and then it also has a a good business program which is you know what i'm going into obviously it's grown a lot recently in 2018 they built a new building the, the tepper quad uh which is really really nice i love uh the design of it and everything it's a lot of like natural light um so yeah, I guess it's really known for the computer science field, uh especially, that's kind of what people think of and and math too. You know, you th- you know, someone says Carnegie Mellon, personally I always thought of math. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, and I guess uh regarding like special programs, I know it's really really easy to like double major in another school uh, at Carnegie Mellon, which is really really nice obviously doing business it's i would like to be able to take advantage of computer science or something like that because in middle school i did like some programming i didn't really do it too much but it's something i've always kind of dabbled in like i've always kind of wanted to take advantage of it so i can do finance with like a major minor in the computer science school on the side um so which i think is really nice and they offer you know a bunch of different concentrations within the business major uh, which I think is also great. And they definitely focus on the technical stuff. I know they have like a, I think they have a computer science requirement uh, for freshmen as well, which mm-hmm. is, which is really cool. Cause it kind of, you know, will get my foot in the door with that.
0: Mm-hmm. And then one thing, and you're right. When I think of Carnegie Mellon, like all I've been told my whole life is computer science. Like that is the computer science school, like number one. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. One of the top ones. So When you're applying to not just Carnegie Mellon, but a school and you're applying as like a major that's really, I guess they're known for like computer science, you have probably some like the nerdiest comp side kids like applying there. So when you do that, does it make it harder for you to um, get accepted if you apply as that major? And then once you're into the school, let's say you applied undecided and you want to become one of those hard majors like computer science. Is it hard to make that transition too? If you Uh, you know that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I know I've talked a lot about my buddy because he, uh, he applied into the computer science school. I know for Carnegie Mellon, uh, the acceptance rate into the business school, uh, the past year, I think it was like 11.6%. And then the computer science school was like 4% or something. Mm. Those numbers could be off. I, it's just, uh, Mm -hmm. I think I read, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's really low. So definitely, um, it is really hard to get into computer science school. Uh, so Personally, and I guess regarding what you said about transferring once you get into the school, I know a lot of kids talk about, you know, they just want to try like applying into a really, you know, the less selective parts of the university and then try transfer. But I know the transferring specifically into the computer science school, uh, it's not just like adding a major or or adding a second major or a minor. It's like you have to go through a whole process and actually Mm -hmm. reapply. So it's still extremely selective. And I guess I would recommend not to do that because, you know, you don't want to get stuck in a major you don't like and then them saying they're not going to accept you into the major you were kind of banking on. So, yeah, I would say it is hard to transfer uh, within the school. You can easily add a major or minor, but completely transferring is going to be pretty difficult, especially to computer science or engineering. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess computer science is definitely the hardest. But I would also recommend just applying to what you want to do. Uh, don't just, I, I really would advise not trying to like game the system and mm-hmm. apply to an quote unquote easy major. I would just kind of apply to what you want to do.
0: All right. So a couple more questions before we end here. Are you going to go on campus to Carnegie Mellon this fall semester?
1: Uh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. All right. uh, yeah. yeah and I'll good- go visit it as well in, in April, hopefully.
0: Okay. All right. So last thing before we wrap up here is advice. So we wouldn't say like you're successful in the college process. I think that's the wrong word, but you obviously did get into a top school and you were, you were like well involved and you got good grades in school. So for people who are I maybe perhaps waiting for their college decisions. If you want to give advice for that, or maybe freshmen just coming in or people who are just starting the college process, what advice would you give for them? So yeah, let's do that. What advice would you give for current college um, high school students who are either coming in and thinking about college or like maybe in the college process. And then also for those, you know, maybe any words of cons- like consolation for those who are waiting for their decisions.
1: Yeah. I guess going into high school and while you're in high school, Uh, The advice I would give is just to get involved uh, at your school. It's definitely never too early to start because, you know, you put on the common app, you select the years you participated in activities and it's always really nice to select nine, 10, 11, 12 for grades. You've participated in something. So I would definitely kind of cast your net wide and kind of try a bunch of different things and find what you like and kind of explore those passions. And then leadership within those passions will develop naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, Just kind of, You know explore things you like and definitely go out of your comfort zone Uh, obviously it was kind of hard for me personally to go and try a bunch of different things and be around new people and go and doing community service after school sometimes i was like oh i'd rather just go home and take a nap but you know i would definitely advise following your passions and kind of exploring new things um and i guess for people waiting for college uh, i would say you know it's you know, whatever's meant to happen is going to happen. I guess uh, once you click submit, it's out of your hands at that point. There's nothing you can do, and stressing about it isn't really going to change or isn't going to change anything. There's nothing you can do at this point. So, as long as you know you you put in your best effort the past four years, uh, you tried your hardest. Uh, you know, whatever's bound to happen is going to happen, and and at the end of the day, the difference between going to like a top thirty college and going, you know, to a to a different school that's you know supposedly not as good. It's probably not that much. Um, it's about what you do in college and the amount of work you put in, in college that is going to make the difference uh, rather than specifically, you know, going to, you know, Harvard versus another, another school. Mm-hmm. So.
0: All right, Tyler, thank you so much for coming on. And, you know, obviously congratulations for getting to Carnegie Mellon. Um, I will you. email you when I release your episode, which will probably be very, very soon. Cause I don't have any other episodes lined up. And then also one last thing you did, I have to keep this podcast going. So you did mention you have some friends, like one got into Duke and then particularly one friend got into Tufts. Would yep. you mind asking them if they'd like to come onto my podcast to be interviewed just like you were?
1: Yeah, for sure. I already spoke to the friend in Tufts. I told him about it and I, I said I could I could uh, ask if he wanted to be on too. But yeah, I think he'd definitely be down. I'll ask the friend who got into Duke as well, for mm-hmm. sure. I'll I'll text both of them.
0: All right. Thank you so much. And you're Eastern. So have a good evening. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Appreciate it. That's it for my episode with Tyler. I hope you enjoyed and I hope you subscribe next week. I'll be releasing an episode with Henry who will be attending Tufts this upcoming fall. And I hope to see you then.